Are you strong? And what is strength anyways? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks. Growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. We're up to the Torah portion of Emor, a parsha that has a lot of focus on the laws of the Kohen, of the priest, and the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. Not going to focus today on any of those laws, but on this title of Kohen Gadol, again, typically translated as the high priest, the big priest, the great priest. But what exactly is the Gadol of Kohen Gadol? What makes him so great? And a fascinating, rather curious medrash. The medrash says, Aaron, this first Kohen Gadol, is called the Kohen Gadol because he was Gadol Bikoach. It lists other attributes as well, but I want to focus on this one. It describes that he's great in strength. What strength? Says the medrash, look at his strength. When we have the induction of the Levium, of the Levites, Aaron has to physically lift each one. How many? 22,000. Without dealing right now with the exact reason for that and the message of that, maybe when we get to that Torah portion, but the fact that he could do that is a major indication of koach, of strength. Okay, let's say it is. But is that what makes somebody a Kohen Gadol? Is that what stands out? Is that what gives them this title, this rank, this capacity to represent us in the temple? And that the name forever, that title is going to move down the generations as you move into this post of Kohen Gadol because you're the descendant of that very strong, physically strong, brute strength, strong Aaron. Is that the message? Is that what we aspire toward? And is that strength anyways? When the Talmud in Adarim describes the the traits that one has to have to be a Navi, a prophet. If you want to grow up and be a prophet one day, a Navi, the Talmud gives you the formula. Different traits that you have to develop and excel in. And one of them is to be a Gibor. You have to be strong. What is that strength? Now, much as there are some, the, the Ran Rabbein Ronisim says physical strength. He understands the various attributes described there are things that help society listen to you. It describes their being tall, it describes wealth, it describes strength, and he understands each of those are literal because they give you the capacity to be heard. Rambam says differently. He says each of these are concepts, they are traits of character. So for example, another one there is wealth. Well, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, this week's parak, Pirkei Avos describes the wealthy one as the one who is content with that which he has. And strength, says the Rambam, again, uh, described from the Mishnah, who is strong, Ezehu Gibor, who is the strong one, the one who is kovesh es Yitzro, conquers his inclinations. Willpower, self-control, that doesn't sound like brute strength, but asks the Kesef Mishnah, one of the commentaries printed on the Rambam, wait a minute, that very piece of Talmud that talks about the strength necessary to be the prophet proves it from Moshe, from Moses, who displayed strength when he lifted each of the beams of the Mishkan into place. The beams were tall, they were heavy, and Moshe lifted one after another into place. That's a strength, and therefore we know that that's one of the traits necessary to be like Moshe, to be a prophet. Ask the of Mishnah, wait a minute, Rambam, you're telling me it's strength of character, it's this notion of conquering your inclinations, it sounds like the Talmud is addressing 
physical strength. Well, back to the question, do we appreciate physical strength? Is that something that we are lauding and and aspiring toward and that we're requiring of our Navi, of our Prophet, requiring of our Kohen Gadol? Or is there perhaps another message here? In his major work, Sichos Musser, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, famed Rosh Hashiva of the Mir Yeshiva, who oversaw their, their move during the, the Holocaust to Kobe, Japan, and to Shanghai, and, and the maintenance of the Yeshiva there in Shanghai, phenomenal scholar who was maintaining his very intense scholarship during those very difficult treks in his work, Sichos Musser, he describes the difference between the strong one and the weak one and what is strength and when is it a necessary attribute and how do we use it in the following way. He describes the verse in Mishlei, in, in Proverbs, where King Solomon describes passing the field of the lazy one. I had a podcast a few weeks ago on laziness. This will kind of complement that one. But when, and actually you should comment, that was one of the podcasts that had the most responses, thankfully all positive, uh, of any recent podcast. And please do keep sending responses to us, comments, questions, and issues you'd like us to address or criticisms at talklesscoaching at gmail.com. But back to our story over here, Solomon, King Solomon describes passing the field of the lazy one. And it's, well, it's looking like a field of the lazy one. The weeds are taking over. The plants are being stifled. It's getting destroyed. And, you know, those of you who appreciate keeping your lawns looking nice and, uh, you know, what happens if you take off a few Sundays, you haven't dedicated the right time, you skipped one season, you have a little backyard garden, what's happening if you don't tend to it? Well, in those days, it wasn't just an issue of getting a few more cherry tomatoes or having the flowers look nicer. An agrarian society, if you're not attentive to your field, that could be destruction. And I see the field, and I pass by, and I paid attention. I looked at this, I took the message to heart. What Rav Chaim describes in his Sichas Musar is this concept, the difference between the one who is attentive and the one who is inattentive. The one who is focused on a certain outcome, focused on the steps necessary to get to that outcome, and the one who is rather chilled. As things develop, we'll see what happens. And the radical difference between the field of the one who is mindful, who is attentive, who is focused, and the field of the one who is super chilled. On the business, the career of the one who is mindful and the one who is super chilled on the spiritual development of the one who is mindful and super chilled. Now, there is room for relaxation in Judaism, but you can't cross the line from relaxation to hibernation and expect success. Relaxation is a tool to use to see to it that your general mode of productivity is successful. You don't get burnt out. But it can't be that we're primarily in the mode of relaxation. And okay, we'll see what happens over time when, you know, push comes to shove, I'll get moving. But the trouble is you're waiting for the further push and the further push and the further push. And you should have been shoved. And sometimes it's simply too late. And you can't correct the lost time. Rechaim Shmulevitz describes the difference in the attitude of one who is driven. He's focused. And it's not an issue of brute strength. Moshe, with all of his physical strength, could not put up those planks of the Mishkan without God's assistance. So wait a minute. If we know it needs God's assistance, how do we prove strength from there? 
Ah, because Moshe is doing enough of his part. He is driven enough for God to match him, to meet him partway and make it happen. And that's the rule. The rule is when we do our part, we can expect God to kick in and do the rest for us. If we simply sit back, God says, I'm quote-unquote relaxed as well. Nothing's going to happen. And certainly not nothing in terms of the success that you are hoping for without your input. Each of these instances, because Aaron, looking at that crowd of 22,000 Levium, 22,000 Levites, expect I will manage to pick up beyond the first or the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth without collapsing, or the 25th or the 525th. But he looks at this and says, okay, I've got a charge to do. God wants me to do this. Let's get going. I'm as enthused as I start this as if it seemed like an easy task because I know that ultimately God is there for me, but I'm driven to make it happen if that's what God is demanding of me. The truest strength is that conquering of the internal battles that we have, that Kovesh Yitzchro, what Rambam describes of that prophet. Well, we can prove that strength from a Moshe who puts up the Mishkan because it's indicative of somebody who is driven to get done that which must be done. And that's what it means. I'm driven to dismiss for myself that which is telling me, take it easy, don't bother, it'll happen on its own. I'm conquering that. I'm pushing that by the wayside and saying, no, I'm going to do what I need to do. Aaron, Moshe, they become the sources of this idea of being gadol bekoach, of being great in strength, not the capacity to bench press a few more hundred pounds, but the drive to bench press exactly what it is that God tells me to lift in the moment. And whether that's a certain mitzvah endeavor, an act of kindness, that's, hey, it seems to be a little bit beyond what I'm capable of doing. That's going to be a stretch, but it's a stretch that I'm willing to try for. God's saying this is in your list of regiments to be accomplishing. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to make it happen. The outsider is looking and saying, wait a minute. You don't have the, the talent. You don't have the strength. You don't have the time. You don't have the energy. You don't have the finances. And we look back and say, but I've got the drive. That's that gvura. That's that strength. Have that strength. There is very little that can stand in the way. Gaining that strength by aspiring for that, by being driven and saying, hey, God, what you want me to do in life, that is good, and what is good, I'm going to accomplish. That makes us gadol. That gives us that koach, and that will be the type of strength that can help propel us forward, accomplish what we need to accomplish, hit our success, and be the type of people who are that much more likely to achieve our tachlis.